Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Assalatu wassalamu ala ashraf al-anbiya'i wal-mursaleen. Nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man sanna bi sunnati ila yawm ad-deena ma ba'd. First and foremost, I'd like to welcome the brothers and sisters back to the masjid after Ramadan. And it is something that is good to see that the brothers, mashaAllah, they look eager, happy to be back in the masjid. And it's actually my first time back in this masjid, subhanAllah, since Ramadan. But it's, inshallah, we get to see more of you. Sheikh Nidal told me to plug in my own lesson. And we get to see more of you on Monday nights, inshallah, as well. Uh, my topic today, inshallah, is something that is very, very important in the life of a believer. And where I'd like to begin with you all is the Day of Judgment is something that is very horrific. The athar, the texts that we have from the Qur'an and the Sunnah on the Day of Judgment paints a very horrific picture of suffering, trial and misery. But when we look at the Prophet ﷺ on that day, we see that the Prophet ﷺ is the only one who is thinking about other than himself. Where every Prophet and Messenger will be saying, Nafsi, Nafsi, myself, myself, the Prophet ﷺ will say, Ummati, Ummati, my nation, my nation. But when we look closely, in the text that we have, we see two instances, subhanAllah, that are very horrific. The first is found in the prophetic texts, in a hadith that's found in both Bukhari and Muslim, where the Prophet wasallam will be at his hold, at his station, at his pond. And the hold is a water, that its distance that way is about a month and that way a month as well horizontally and vertically the distance of a month and the amount of vessels inside of it is like the stars in the sky and whoever drinks from it will never experience thirst again and the beautiful thing is that the Prophet ﷺ will be waiting for his nation over here at this station and he will be the one that will be greeting his nation. And what we see in this hadith that is authentic is that there will be a people coming to the Prophet ﷺ, but the angels will put a barrier between them and the Prophet ﷺ. The angels will not allow this people to come closer to the Prophet ﷺ. And the Prophet ﷺ, being the one that has the most mercy in his heart for this nation, he says to the angels that this is from my people. Why are you refraining them from me? In one of the narrations, إِنَّهُمْ مِنْ أَصْحَابِي Or in another narration, إِنَّهُمْ مِنْ قَوْمِي These are my companions, these are from my people, this is my nation. And... The Prophet sallallahu will hear a reply which will say إِنَّكَ لَا تَدْرِي مَا أَحْدَثُوا بَعْدَكَ You did not know what they changed, what they invented after you. In another narration إِنَّكَ لَا تَدْرِي مَا بَدَّلُوا بَعْدَكَ You don't know what they invented, what they changed, what they introduced into the religion after you left. And the Prophet sallallahu will reply a very famous reply and he will say suhqan suhqa be off be off get away from me i want nothing to do with you So we have to understand my brothers and sisters of the severity of introduced matters in this religion that on the day the Prophet ﷺ will look for anyone to bring close to him, this is a crime that can't be foregone. This is a crime 
that even the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will want to distance himself from you. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection. The second instance that's very horrific on the Day of Judgment that is found in the Qur'an, in Surah Furqan, verse 30, the Prophet ﷺ is reported to going to say as found in the Qur'an, وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ يَا رَبِّ إِنَّ قَوْمِ اتَّخَذُوا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ مَهْجُورًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, and the Prophet, the Messenger will say, O oh my Lord, يعني imagine yourself, imagine يعني the picture that is being painted, that on the Day of Judgment, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam will go to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and will say, O oh my Lord, Inna Qawmi, my people, from my nation, ittakhadu hadha al-Qur'an. They took this Qur'an, this Qur'an that he had, and what did they do? They abandoned it. They abandoned the word of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And this is something that ties into our topic today. Your life after one of the most important aspects of the life of a believer is his connection to the Quran. And as we know, the position of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah is that the Quran is the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is uncreated from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It began and unto him it will return. This is the position of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. But what is most important in there is that it is Kalamullah, the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And your connection to, to the Quran itself is your connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And abandoning the Quran is a grave sin. And when we look at what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us to do with the Quran, we see a very specific advice of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he said, Ta'ahadu hadha al-Qur'an. Make a covenant. Make it a close companion. Be close to the Qur'an. Make a bond with the Qur'an. The Qur'an should be in your everyday, not just Ramadan. In Ramadan, we saw what we were able to do all we saw in others what they were able to do with the Qur'an. One khatma, two khatmas, three, some more. Finished, cover to cover. The reading of the Qur'an. And يعني, subhanallah, when the scholars talk about abandoning the Qur'an, previously, they were speaking about those who abandoned يعني, implementing the Qur'an. Living your life according to the Qur'an. Using the Qur'an as a judge in conflict. Very rarely you see that they were speaking about leaving the Qur'an in totality, leaving its reading. This is something that is very specific to our time. Where we have abandoned reading the Qur'an. We have abandoned the Qur'an in such a way that we don't even read it anymore except maybe in Ramadan. And this is something that shows the weakness that we're in. And this is the telltale. The sign that shows us where we're at is that we have abandoned the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After Ramadan, the time that we're in now, is a good way to, one, connect with the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and prove your allegiance to the Qur'an. Prove your allegiance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And a tip that I would give myself and the brothers and sisters is don't, Limit yourself and what you think you're able to do. Don't say, I'm going to memorize half a page, or I'm going to read a, a page, or I'm going to read a juzza, or I'm going to read... Don't limit yourself. What you should do is do it by time. Do it by time. I'm setting aside, for instance, an hour in the morning for me to either memorize or read the Qur'an. An hour in the morning or the evening to read the Qur'an. Why this is important is that Memorization and reading is like a muscle. The more you do, the more you'll be able to do later on. So maybe in the beginning, yes, in an hour you'll be able to do half a page of Qur'an memorization, for instance. But after a month, two months, three months, this starts to become easy. You'll do that amount in 10-15 minutes. 
What is important is that you set aside يعني, a time frame. And I, يعني, I use this method with the brothers specifically. There's a lot of brothers with really good hair, mashallah, tabarakallah, here. That some of you have appointments with your barbers. Some of you have appointments with, mashallah, your mechanic, your, some of your tradies, whatever you want to say, whatever, if it's your, يعني, your workplace or a customer, wherever you need to be, you're very mahdood with your time, mashallah alaykum. If you say 9 o'clock, it's 9 o'clock, you're there. But with the Qur'an, I'll see you in Ramadan. Ramadan maybe. And it's something that's very, very dangerous. Make sure you're consistent with the Qur'an. Ta'ahad al-Qur'an. Make a covenant with the Qur'an. Be close to the Qur'an. Make the Qur'an the light of your hearts. And there's a hadith that I'd like to end with. The Prophet stated that the one who doesn't have Qur'an inside of him is like a house that is corrupt, a house that is broken, a house that is rotten. And that is the method of the believer that has no Qur'an with him. If the Qur'an يعني, hasn't been on your tongue today, it's a very, very bad sign. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection. I'd like to now call on our beautiful Shaykh, Shaykh Jalal. And inshallah we get to benefit from his speech more than you guys benefited from mine. Barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wa jazakumullah khair. Bismillah, alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Just have about five points inshallah. I want to cover as a reminder for myself first and foremost and for my brothers inshallah about yani, how we should be after Ramadan and how to remain steadfast after Ramadan. Uh, the first point is that we should remember that Ramadan is teaching us our responsibilities towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah ta'ala he says, uh, Allah has prescribed the fasting for you just as he prescribed it for those before you so that you could build piety, God consciousness for you to be aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that fasting really is a training for a person to be sincere for the sake of Allah to do things for the sake of Allah uh, to be aware of Allah and conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's the essence of what it means to be a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because when you're fasting, you can go behind closed doors when no one is looking and eat and drink. It's possible. But the Muslim, he will never do that. Because he knows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching him. And so that uh, feeling and that uh, faith that grows in his heart from fasting and trains him upon that, that's something that we should carry on in all aspects of our life. The importance of يعني, uh, being aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, knowing that Allah ta'ala is watching us. And by this does the heart find liveliness. And a person in reality, in everything that he does, he is dealing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He knows that you know, he's not dealing with people. He's dealing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just like he's fasting, he refrains from his food and his drink for the sake of Allah, because he's dealing with Allah. He's not worried whether people see him or not. Even if people don't see him, he still abides by the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, in everything that we do, in everything that we say, we don't just do it for the sake of the people, but we do it because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to hold us to account. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who always have awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all of our actions. Another thing, the second point, inshallah, uh, that we can learn from the end of Ramadan is to take an admonishment of how quickly time is passing and how our time is ending and our time is running out. And in reality, Ramadan is a symbol of our life, a symbol of our time in this world, and a, and a symbol of this world altogether. That just as Ramadan started, and you remember how excited and happy we were in Ramadan, and then subhanAllah, it's ended, you feel as if it didn't even come. 
or you feel it was just like a day or two days. Just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentioned about the worldly life with the people that will look back at the world, worldly life as if they only spent a few hours in it. Or they only lived for a day or part of a day, as Allah mentions in various parts, places in the Quran. They only spent an hour of a day. Or like a part of the evening or a part of the morning. And other verses in the Quran that speak of things like that. And that's in re- يعني, how we feel in Ramadan. How quickly the time passes. And as well, we realize that in delaying deeds, in delaying good deeds, how that as well uh, misses our opportunities. And so in reality, يعني, we should take a, a lesson from Ramadan and see how quickly our life is passing and take the opportunities before it's too late. So just as Ramadan began and ended, our lives have begun and quickly our lives will end. So a person should not delay in doing good deeds and in repenting. For just as Ramadan ended and the opportunity is closed, and there's no use of a person regretting and lamenting, you had the opportunity and you have done what you have done. But now there's the opportunity of life that is ahead of you and you don't know how much you have. So don't delay in doing your good deeds. Don't delay in repenting. Don't keep, as we say in Arabic, a tasweef, say, sawfa, sawfa, I will, I will, I will, I will. And then you'll find that the opportunity has passed you by and then you can't go back to it. And your regret will be of no benefit to you. And it's very important as well that we don't have hope in this world. We don't have hope that we're still going to live. I'm still young. I'm still in my 20s. I'm still in my 30s. I've still got a long time. As a lot of people, they say, you're still young. Why are you getting into the religion for? Why are you worried about praying? Why are you worried about performing hajj? you still got a long life. You're still going to commit a lot of sins. Save it until when you're older. Then repent. Then perform hajj. Who's to guarantee? Don't have this expectation of a long life. And a person should work as if they will, their life will end tomorrow. Be in this world as if you are a stranger or a passerby, a traveler. And a person should, related to that, not have so much hope in this world. You don't know when your time in this world is going to be up. So make use of your time and have hope in the hereafter. Look forward towards the hereafter. Make the hereafter your main goal. Prepare for your hereafter. And when you do that, you will see that this world is not worth anything. When you see that this world is going to end, and this world is short, and you put your focus on the hereafter, and you value the reward of Allah in the hereafter, you will see that the pleasures of this world are little. The provisions of this world and the delights of this world is little. So don't put your, your pleasures and your desires for this world as a reason to compromise your hereafter and your religion. Make your religion your number one priority and sacrifice everything for the sake of improving your religion. The third point is that we learn from Ramadan is having that relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. See how we were in Ramadan. How did we feel when we were dealing with Allah? How did you feel when you were fasting? When you are coming to the masjid more regularly, when you are praying the night prayers, wasn't it an amazing feeling? Wasn't it a feeling like no other feeling? So if you see that interacting and having that relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so great, then why would you deprive yourself of it? When a person, subhanAllah, in, in, in Ramadan, it's like it's a therapy for a person. He rejuvenates, he feels relaxed, he feels rejuvenated and inspired. It's like his soul is yearning, his soul was looking forward to this. I'm sure all of us wanted to maximize and benefit our time in Ramadan, dedicate time and, and, and stay up the night in worship and praying and, and, and reading Quran and making dhikr because the soul desires this, the soul loves it, the, the soul feels Pleasure in it. 
isn't it a blessing that maybe we didn't get the full uh, benefit of what we hoped for, but even if it was just a taste, that we have to know that this benefit for our souls is not just only in Ramadan. We can have this interaction, this connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and continue it. So why would you deprive yourself from this benefit? When you feel the, the pleasure of obedience to Allah and the sweetness of obedience to Allah, why would an intelligent person uh, deprive himself of it? The fourth point that I wanted to share with you about Ramadan and the, the, the benefits and the lessons that we learn from Ramadan that we can carry on is the, the blessing of brotherhood. And inshallah, Sheikh Khalid, Sheikh Khalid Muhammad, inshallah, will address the issue of brotherhood in more detail. But just to يعني, touch on that point, why do we feel Ramadan is a special time? Because all of the Muslims are coming together and helping one another and encouraging one another. You come to the masjid, you see all of your brothers, you see all of the Muslims. It's something that encourages you. You're fasting and you come and have iftar together and you get invited to this person's house or that person's house and you invite people to your house. And there is that social aspect, but it's a social aspect that's based purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a brotherhood and a social connection that is based purely on the obedience of Allah. Because we are fasting, we're coming and having iftar together. Whether it's in your own family, with your wife and with your children, whether it's with your relatives, with your parents, with your friends, whoever it is, there is a special connection. So this really teaches us the importance of having true Islamic brotherhood and how important it is in nurturing your faith. The, the true friend, you know, the word for friend in Arabic is sadiq. And the word sadiq comes from the word sidq, which means truthfulness. Because, you know, we even say in English, a true friend. Who's a true friend? The one who is true to you. The friend is the one that's true to you, that truly wants your benefit. To know whether a person is a good friend or not, or a true friend, he is the one that when you're with him and you remember Allah, he helps you remember Allah. Not the one that when you remember Allah, he says, Take it easy. Let's, uh, you know, don't talk about religion now. You're going to you know, spoil the atmosphere. This person that distracts you from remembrance of Allah, he's not true to you. He doesn't wish goodness for you. The good friend is the one that when you remember Allah, when you remember the religion, when you want to do something good, he helps you to do good. And when you are the one who's forgetting about the religion, when you are the one stepping away from the religion, he's the one who reminds you. He's the one who, who, who pulls you up. He's the one who tells you to fear Allah. Watch out what you say. That's haram. Don't do this. Don't say this. That's the true friend. He's not doing it to put it over you. He's doing it because he loves you and he wants what's, what's beneficial for you. The true friend is the one who is true to you, who wants to benefit you and wants to help you. And they say that if you want to know whether a person is a good friend or not, see yourself after you interact with that person. When you spend time with that person, do you feel yourself getting closer to Allah? Or do you feel that after your interaction with that so-called friend, you are further away from Allah? If you find that you're closer to Allah when you're with that friend, after you depart from him, you find that you have benefited, you find that you are closer to the religion, then that's a good friend that you should stick with. But if after that interaction, you find that that person's keeping you away from Allah, you are further away from Allah than you were before you met him, then that's a bad friend that you should beware of your interaction with them. So, so it's very important to your company. And to maintain good company, that's something that we benefit in Ramadan. And so if we want to benefit from that lesson and continue to benefit, then we should look at those that we interact with and our friends. The last point, inshallah, that we benefit from Ramadan is the importance of being thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The importance of shukr. To know that whatever good deed you've done, then it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for you. The people of paradise, when they enter the paradise, they recognize that if it wasn't for Allah, they would not enter paradise. 
The first thing they say when they enter paradise, they will say, Alhamdulillahilladhi hadana lihada, wa ma kunna linahtadiya lawla an hadana Allah. Alhamdulillahilladhi hadana lihada, praise be to Allah who has guided us to this. Wa ma kunna linahtadiya, and we would not have been guided had it not been for the guidance of Allah. Every prayer that you pray is because Allah blessed you to pray that prayer. Every day that you fasted is because Allah blessed you to fast that day. Every charity that you gave is because Allah allowed you and opened your heart and rigged you from your stinginess to give that charity for the sake of Allah. Every sin that you avoided, then it is a grace from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who helped you avert and avert that sin and stay away from that sin. And so it's very important for a Muslim to remember the grace of Allah upon him and to thank Allah because one of the reasons why a person will be misguided after their guidance is because they did not appreciate the guidance of Allah. They did not recognize that their guidance and their good deeds is a, is a blessing from Allah. They attributed their goodness to themselves and their own abilities. And that's why one of the most important words that we remember Allah with is what the Prophet ﷺ called a treasure from the treasures of paradise. Kanzun min kunuz al-jannah. That is a statement, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. To say la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. There is no might or no power except with Allah. And remember we say this when we hear the adhan. In which part of the adhan do we say this? When we hear the muadhan saying what? Hayya ala salah hayya ala al-falah. Come to the prayer, come to the success. You say, La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Because I will not have the inspiration, nor would I have the ability to pray, except if Allah was to give it to me. Even hearing the adhan, to get up to pray, it is only if Allah gives me the ability. How many people that hear the adhan, it doesn't even cross their mind to even have the determination and the will to get up and pray. For you to have that desire and that will to pray, this is a gift from Allah. Why do you have the, why do you have the will to pray? Was the other person hear the same adhan, he hears the same adhan that you're hearing, he doesn't have the will to pray. This is a gift from Allah. Some people, they have the will, but they don't have the ability. For you to have the will and the ability to get up and pray, this is only from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In everything, we seek Allah's help. So it's very important that we do not become arrogant about our own deeds and become self-deluded and proud of ourselves and our abilities, but rather to be humble servants of Allah and thank Allah for guiding us to Islam and asking Allah to keep us steadfast and appreciating the things that Allah has given us. For this is a choosing of Allah for us. Allah chose us to... Chose us to be Muslims and chose us to be obedient to him and chose us inshallah to be of the people of paradise. Is this not something that is worthy of being humble and feeling shyness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that? It is very important to show thankfulness of Allah because when we are thankful, then this is a cause of increase. When you are thankful, Allah will increase you. You want to increase in guidance? Then thank Allah and appreciate the guidance that you have. And be appreciative that your guidance and your blessings are from Allah. And Allah will increase you in guidance. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us steadfast. And to keep us in improving in our faith and getting closer to Him. بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه ربي اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي uh, on behalf of Masjid Al-Azhar brothers I know Sheikh Nidal already thanked everybody and I thank you too for coming Alhamdulillah especially for those who came uh, uh, to see me the part inshallah ta'ala in a few days uh, secondly, if anybody has the pins and needles, brothers, you're more than welcome to stand up for a few seconds, yani, even if you need to walk around uh, and that. And thirdly, subhanAllah, uh, what Sheikh Jalal just mentioned now, uh, wallahi, very touching, my brothers, in respect to 
uh, how could someone deprive himself of these gatherings, these blessings, the houses of Allah, the masajid of Allah, which we were seeing every single day in Ramadan? Why would somebody deprive themselves of this, wallahi, great blessing of Allah upon those who do enter his most beloved places? SubhanAllah, you see today the Eid festival probably be Allahu A'lam packed. I'm sure everybody would know someone who's already went or who's there now or who's going. SubhanAllah. Yani packed, packed, packed. But then you see the houses of Allah Azza wa Jal can't even get, for example, half full, three quarters full. But the Eid festivals, the Easter shows, uh, Wallah probably even carols by candlelight at Christmas time and the like. You know, you see these places, SubhanAllah, Muslims left, right, and center. Wallahi, what Sheikh Jalal just ended with is so important that this is only from the blessings of Allah Azza wa Jal upon us. And even subhanAllah to add to that on the day of Khaybar where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam actually got down to help the companions to dig. Yani he's the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he was actually digging with the companions helping subhanAllah. And he was repeating the words Allahumma lawla anta ma sallayna wa la tasaddaqna aw Allahumma, la, Allahumma lawla anta ma sallayna wa la tasaddaqna وَلَا زَكَّيْنَا أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لولا أنت مهتدينا ولا تصدقنا ولا صلينا جزاك الله خير الشيخ يا الله if it wasn't for you subhanallah يعني if it wasn't for you we would not have been guided nor would we have prayed nor would we have given in charity so wallahi brothers يعني what the sheikh ended with is so important that we constantly give thanks and we constantly increase in our asking Allah for guidance. As we honor the hadith, Ya muqallib al-qulub thabbit qalbi ala deenik. That Umm Salama, she says, the most dua the Prophet used or the dua the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used the most is, O turner of hearts, make my heart firm on your religion. And subhanAllah brothers, I actually changed the topic from the general brotherhood topic to a more uh, general uh, advice if you'd like to say regarding life after Ramadan so inshallah that's okay so I'll try not to go too long just mention a few of these these points first and foremost brothers try your best to continue to do the actions you were doing in Ramadan now of course no one is asking for you or pretty much يعني, no one's gonna hold you to account we're probably all uh, 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 blameworthy of not doing as much as we were doing in Ramadan but do not, do not, do not stop the actual actions. One day the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said to Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As, radiyallahu ta'ala anhumah, he says, Ya Abdullah, la takun mithla fulan. Fakana yaqumu al-layl, fataraka qiyama al-layl. He says to Abdullah, O oh Abdullah, don't be like this individual, so and so. Imagine my brothers, you're standing at the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a corner or something, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam looks at one of the companions and says, don't be like him. And he points to you or he mentions you or he looks at you and you're just in the corner. Right? You can't even hear it for example. Don't be like this individual. Why ya Rasulullah? What did he do? Why are you telling me not to be like him? What's wrong with him? What did he do? It's what he didn't do. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, he used to pray the nights and then he stopped praying the nights. Allahu Akbar. Now us in Ramadan, we prayed the nights, alhamdulillah. We fasted the days, we read Quran and the likes. But how many people after Ramadan, they leave all of these actions. They won't fast a day for the rest of the year. They won't pray any of the nights or part of the nights for the rest of the year. And as Sheikh Farhan mentioned, they won't read Quran, many, for the rest of the year. This is where we need to ask ourselves, are we from these individuals? If we are, we've got to change. We've got to make a change. If we're not, alhamdulillah, we try to always increase and become better and better and better. And of course, there are certain days in the year, times in the year, or certain people you're around, that when you're around them, or you're in these days, you naturally feel a bit on that iman boost, that high, for example. Outside of those days, your iman fluctuates up, down, a bit lower. One, two, three. You're around the sheikh. You're around the scholar, you feel high, you feel good, you feel pumped. You go back home, you feel a bit down. This is also something natural. But this is why it's so important to be around good people, which we'll touch up on very shortly, inshallah, and be in good places. And be in good places. Hamdala radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hamdala ibn Rabi al-Usaydi, also known as Hamdala tul-Katib. 
Abu Rib'i, look at this, listen to this beautiful narration, brothers, to show you that you're not the only one that sometimes you feel a bit down and out. Even the companions. Handallah, he says, Laqiyani Abu Bakr, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Faqala kayfa anta ya Handallah? He said to Handallah, how are you, O Handallah? What was his response? This is a companion who witnessed battles with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Even one of the ulama, Ibn Asakir, he mentions in one of his texts, Tarikh Dimashq, that when he passed away, this companion, now Allahu A'lam regarding the authenticity, but the point is, look at his status, when he passed away, the jinn, the jinn recited lines of poetry regarding him. Now how that's confirmed, don't ask me. <laughs> Allahu A'lam. The point is, he had a high status, he was a companion. He was a companion. What was his answer when Abu Bakr asked him, how are you, O Hanzala? He says, Nafaqa Hanzala. Hanzala has become a hypocrite. <laughs> Subhanallah. Hanzala has become a hypocrite. For Abu Bakr, he replied, Subhanallah. Glory be to Allah. Subhanallah. Ma taqulu ya Hanzala. What are you saying, O Hanzala? What was his reply? Hanzala radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He says, Nakunu ma'an nabiyyi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. أو عند رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فيذكرنا بالنار وبالجنة. That we're with the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم when we're with him, he reminds us of the hellfire, he reminds us of paradise. حتى كأن رأي عين. It's as if when we're with him, we're on this Subhanallah boost and pump, and we have so much yaqeen, certainty, and the likes that it's as if we're looking at Jahannam, the hellfire. And it's as if we're looking at Jannah, paradise. Yani, subhanallah, when they were around the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَإِذَا رَجَعْنَا That when we pretty much return to where? To the families and the likes. عَافَسْنَا الْأَزْوَاجَ وَالْأَوْلَادَ وَالْضَيْعَاتِ عَافَسْنَا يَعْنِ لَعَبْنَا وَانْشَغَلْنَا He says that when we leave, we get occupied. We get busy with the wives and the kids and the businesses. So then Abu Bakr, he replies, he says, Subhanallah, glory be to Allah. نحن كما أو نحن نلقى كما تقول. We also uh, pretty much face that which you're saying. We also go through that which you're saying. We're with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We're on that boost. It's as if we can see Jannah. It's as if we can see Jahannam. And then when we go back to our business, businesses, our families, our one, two, three, you know, we, of course, naturally, are going to be a bit lower on Iman than the time you're with Rasulullah. And likewise, us, my brothers, when we're in the Masajid, can you compare your time in the Masajid, your Iman, when you're in the Masajid and around the Masajid in the days and the weeks and the months and the likes, to the time when you're at home or by yourself or hanging out at a friend's house doing Allahu A'lam what, or going out to Allahu A'lam where, you can't compare, brothers. So they went to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to explain the situation to him. And he replied after hearing the situation, That if you remained in the state that you were in when you were with me, if you stayed in that state, Yani all day, every day, 24-7, by yourselves, here, there, with your children, etc. The angels, the angels, the angels would have shaken your hands in the streets, in your gatherings, and even in your lying, resting, sleeping positions, the mattresses, the beds, and the likes. وَلَكِنْ يَا حَنْظَلَةُ سَاعَةً وَسَاعَةً سَاعَةً Repeats this three times. He says, well, however, O Hanzala, yani there's a time and there's a time. Meaning you have to make time for the dunya and likewise you have to make time for the akhirah. You have to attend to the matters of the dunya and likewise don't forget you have to attend to the matters of the akhirah. So the point is my brothers that in Ramadan, yes we may have been on that massive boost, that massive high. And naturally outside of Ramadan you might be doing less if you are not and you are doing more. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. But if you're not and you're naturally a bit lower in the iman and the likes, check yourself, subhanAllah. See where the problem is. Come to the masajid more. Don't leave off the qiyamul layl. Don't leave off the fasting. Don't leave off the Qur'an and the likes. And from the greatest means to achieve 
This focus on the Akhirah and this Iman boost, if you'd like to say, is to have this good companionship. To have good friends around you, brothers, that will help you come to the mosque. The masajid, the masajid. Wallahi, brothers, every speaker today and the points they mentioned, really, we can talk so much longer about it. But the point is just take them summarized and straight to the point. The masajid of Allah Azza wa Jal, as we said, how many brothers they leave them off? And they only maybe see them in Ramadan and on the uh, Friday prayers. Why? Is it your friends? Is that a reason, subhanAllah, the brothers you're hanging out with? Because if you are really around good, good brothers who likewise attend the masajid, they will drag you. They will bring you. The Shaykh, he said, one of the greatest means or uh, pretty much ways you can see, is your friend really a true good friend? Is to check yourself after. Check yourself after knowing him, after meeting him, after hanging out with him. Are you going to the masajid together, the most beloved places to Allah? Is he helping you in increasing your faith, increasing your belief, increasing in anything and everything? Or is he making you worse? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, The man is on his friend's religion. Yani path and way and the likes. So be careful. Beware who you befriend. Wallah, it's such profound advice and a profound instruction and command by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Be careful, beware. See who you are befriending, my brothers. Naturally, if you are around bad people, you're going to be bad. Naturally. And if you're around good people, you're going to be good, inshallah. Yes, there may be some exceptions, exceptions but generally... That's the rule. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, مَثَلُ الْجَلِيسِ الصَّالِحِ وَالْجَلِيسِ السَّوْءَ أَوِ السُّوءَ كَمَثَلِ حَامِلِ الْمِسْكِ وَنَافِخِ الْكِيرِ That the comparison or the parable between the good companion or, as it's been translated, good companionship, and the bad companion or bad companionship is like the one that has musk with him. Let's just say, as one of the narrations, come the attar. Let's just say the perfume seller or the one that has perfume with him and the one that blows in the bellows. Pretty much, yani the blacksmith. You look at this individual that has the perfume with him. Either he's going to give you from the perfume, as the hadith mentions, or you're going to buy that perfume off of him. Yani beautiful, good smelling perfume. Uh, or at least, at least, at least, you're going to smell a good smell from him. Likewise, that good friend, he's going to either support you, help you, aid you, benefit you somehow in one way or the other, or he's not. Like that blacksmith, as the hadith mentions, that bad friend, either he's going to burn your clothing, he's going to burn your clothing, or you're going to smell a bad smell from him. And wallahi, brotherhood, my brothers, is so, so important. Wallah, it's so important. I can't even stress how important it is. You need to be around, and we all need to be around good brothers. Yani subhanallah, in Ramadan, I'm sure we all had or at least one brother who we'd go to the masjid with. Or we'd go see him in the masjid. He'd tell us maybe stay back and pray that witr prayer. Pray that taraweeh. You know, maybe you're not feeling it, but he pushes you. He supports you. That's what a good friend is. He sees you commit a mistake. He corrects you. He sees you commit good. He supports you in it and influences you, motivates you to increase. And that's what we need to be with and towards one another. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, he says, Al-mu'minu lil-mu'min kal-bunyan yashuddu ba'duhu ba'da. That the believer towards another believer, he's like a structure or a building. And some of the ulama, they said, يعني, like the bricks of a building. They support one another. They aid one another. They hold one another together firmly. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, shabbaka biyaday, he done this. This is how the believer should be towards another believer. Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah, he says, Al-mu'minu lil-mu'mini kal-yadayn. The believer to another believer is like two hands. Taghsilu ihdahuma al-ukhra. One hand, it washes the other. Brothers, if we're going to be alone by ourselves, not having good companionship, and not having good friends and good company, we're like that one hand pretty much. What can that one hand do? Imagine there's a bit of filth on the back of that hand. There's a bit of filth on the back of that hand. What are you going to do? How are you going to clean that back of the hand? You can't. You need your brother there. You need your friend there to support you, 
to help you and the likes. And wallahi, my brothers, that bad friend that we may be around, we may have that influences us to evil. Mayawmul Qiyamah on the day of resurrection, we're only going to want to disassociate ourselves from him. As Shaykh Farhan mentioned the verses regarding the Qur'an and how the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he will say that my nation pretty much done hijrah away from the Qur'an, abandoned. And subhanallah how so many people, so many people that talk about this topic of hijrah, they're the ones that have done hijrah to, of the Qur'an, abandoned it. Not just by acting on it, but as the Shaykh said, reciting it. Subhanallah, teaching it, learning it, studying it, and go back a few verses. Go back a few verses. What does Allah Azza wa Jal say? I think it's three verses before that. وَيَوْمَ يَعَدُّ الظَّالِمُ عَلَى يَدَيْهِ On that day or the day that the oppressor, the wrongdoer, he will bite on his hands. Bite on them. وَيَوْمَ يَعَدُّ الظَّالِمُ عَلَى يَدَيْهِ يَقُولُ يَا لَيْتَنِ اتَّخَذْتُ مَعَ الرَّسُولِ سَبِيلًا He will say, I wish. If only I had taken a path with the messenger. Oh, woe to me. Woe to me, I wish. Or if only I had not taken so and so as a friend. Indeed, he diverted me. He misguided me from the remembrance after it had come to me. That this individual, he will actually bite on his hand, subhanallah. And he will say, I wish I never took him as a friend. And that's the reality of many today. Yesterday you see them, Wallah, we're brothers for life. We're companions for I'll do anything for him. And everything for him. And subhanallah, we see that after a little thing happens, Wallah, they argue over a girl, for example, and they start, they're the first ones to sell each other. They're the first ones to sell each other, subhanallah. Or something happens in the life of that friend, which he so-called would take a bullet for. And he's the first one to run away, subhanAllah. Wallahi, brothers, the other day, subhanAllah, one of the brothers from Auburn, he uh, told uh, Sheikh Khalid Isa uh, about his father's janazah. His father um, passed away, rahimahullah, and he uh, uh, wanted pretty much an announcement for the janazah. And Sheikh Khalid made the announcement that tomorrow there's going to be the janazah at Rukudun 1, 2, 3. And some, some of the brothers here, alhamdulillah, attended that janazah. The point is after the janazah, brothers, and wallah, this also shows you one, the importance of friendship and companionship for the sake of Allah. And two, as well, the masajid and how you develop and build these relationships. Wallahi, some of the strongest relationships, if not the strongest brotherhood you will ever find and gain, is the brotherhood for the sake of Allah and brothers you meet in the masajid. Yani subhanallah. So anyway, the brother, he uh, told Sheikh Khalid, can you make an announcement tomorrow is my dad's janazah? And I'll end with this, yani, I don't want to go too long. The point is, brothers, for this whole talk tonight or talks tonight is just for ourselves and others yani, that we, inshallah, can take some pointers about what to do after Ramadan so we don't stray. We don't swerve and divert and become misguided pretty much. So anyway, the point is he said to Sheikh Khalid, make the announcement, please, one, two, three. Sheikh Khalid made the announcement. We went to the janazah. Sheikh Khalid led the janazah at the actual graveyard for his father, for the um, brother's father. And subhanAllah, about two days later, which was I think yesterday or the day before, I forgot. The point is the brother comes up to me after Fajr at Auburn. And wallahi, the brother was about to cry. Wallahi. Why? I asked, yani pretty much, you know, he said, I want to speak to you, why, one, two, three. He said, on, at the actual janazah, at the actual janazah, three quarters of those that were there were the brothers from the masjid. Were the brothers from the masjid. Some he didn't even know personally. We just saw him at the masjid. Or you just saw him in tarawih. You just saw him in Ramadan a few days, and they still went to his father's janazah. Three quarters. Subhanallah, brothers, these are the people that, inshallah ta'ala, these brothers that love you for the sake of Allah, that don't have those you know, agendas, hidden agendas and the likes. These are the people that inshallah we can see at our family's burials or even at our burials if we were to pass away. If we were to pass away. So the point is brothers, as I said, uh, uh, really wallahi we can say so much more. But the point is brothers, this life after Ramadan and the likes, try not to leave off the things you were doing. Wallah that's if one thing you can take from my talk personally today. Even if it's two rak'at tahajjud for example or qiyam. Even if it's two raqat, continue it. Don't stop it. Don't be like that person, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, Ya Abdullah, la taqun mithla fulan. Don't be like so-and-so. But why, Ya Rasulullah? Yani he used to pray the night and he stopped it. 
So you, my brothers, don't be like that. You used to read Quran and you stopped it. You used to fast and you stopped it. You used to pray and you stopped it and the likes. And also the brotherhood for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal. And I'll end it with that, brothers, inshallah. Jazakumullah khair wa barakallahu feekum. And I know for some brothers, they thought I was leaving on Sunday. Inshallah, I uh, will be leaving on actually Wednesday. I had to uh, delay the actual um, uh, travel. So inshallah ta'ala, for those who want to come to Auburn, I told them Sunday would be the last day I'll be there. You're more than welcome to continue all the way up to Wednesday, inshallah. Also, brothers, you know, don't forget to benefit from the mashayikh and the lessons that come out every single week. Wallahi, brothers, يعني, I personally came back about five weeks ago and anyone who's traveled, ask any sheikh you want. They'll tell you, subhanallah, uh, uh, overseas, overseas, except in some maybe areas or some specific masajid and the likes. Wallahi, we have so much in Sydney, so much. You know, Allahu A'lam, it might not even be a stretch to say that we have a lot more than what some Arab countries or those countries have, subhanAllah. So don't yani, lose and waste the opportunity. Come to the lessons, brothers. And yeah, as I said, how sad is it? How sad is it that some brothers, they don't see the masajid except for the Friday prayer. Yani, is this what we want? No, obviously it's not. So come to the lessons. If you're not someone who regularly comes, take it upon yourself. Speak to a friend at least once a week, twice a week, a few hours a week. Hello, we started off saying, what? Well, look at these Easter shows and the Eid shows and the likes. The people a lot don't have a problem with taking their kids and their wives to these things. If, like, if it was a 20-day festival, they'll take them the whole 20 days. But when it comes, for example, to an hour or two hours for the sake of Allah in the week, he can't take his wife because she's busy. Or he himself, as I said previously, he's babysitting. Or his kids, they got the sport on or their tutors are coming to the house. Yani, come on brothers, are we, are we you know, serious, subhanAllah? And then we want to compare ourselves to the Salaf. Or we wonder why the Salaf reached the levels they reached. Handala and Abu Bakr, they, Handala said, yani, as we just said, Nafaqa Handala, Handala became a hypocrite. Or because he felt himself get on a bit more of an Iman low when he would not be with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So we need to question ourselves and ask ourselves and insha'Allah ta'ala attend the lessons يعني, and take heed of what the mashaykh they said today. Barakallahu feekum wa jazakumullahu khayra. Wallahu a'la wa a'lam wa salli allahumma wa sallim wa barik ala muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. This program was presented by Al-Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah.